Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Margaret Paul with the Inner Bonding Podcast. And today, I want to talk about who do you think you are? Many people have no idea who they really are. And you might have had parents or caregivers or peers or siblings or teachers who said in a judgmental, derogatory tone, who do you think you are? As if being yourself and feeling good about yourself was a bad thing. David sat in front of me at one of my inner bonding five-day intensive workshops. A successful businessman with a wife and two grown children, David believed that he wasn't good enough. I'm insufficient, he said. I'm inadequate. I looked at this kind man, and I felt such deep sadness for him. He didn't know who he was. Why do you believe that, I asked. I didn't do well in school, he said, and I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. So, I said, you're basing your worth on your performance, right? Of course, he said. David could not conceive of any other way of defining his worth other than through his performance, which he never saw as good enough. I asked David to look inside at the essence of himself and tell me what he saw. All he saw was emptiness. David, I said, please close your eyes. Now imagine a wonderful being who loves you very much. Who comes to mind? My grandfather, he said. He died when I was young, but he really loved me. Good, I said. Now imagine that you're seeing yourself through the eyes of your grandfather. What does your grandfather see when he looks at you? Oh, he sees a bright and creative little boy who, who's very kind and caring, a loving little boy, a little boy who's funny and likes to laugh and likes to make other people laugh. Is there anything wrong with this little boy, I asked him, anything inadequate or insufficient? Oh, no, he said. He's a wonderful little boy. David, I said, this is who you really are. You're not your performance. Your performance will come and go, and at some point you might retire and not perform much. Yet that does not mean that you are worthless. Your worth is in who you are, not in what you do. Your worth is intrinsic. David realized that because of his highly critical and rejecting parents, he had always been trying to prove himself and always came up short in their eyes. As a result of seeing himself as unworthy and, and inadequate, he didn't treat himself well. He treated himself the way his parents had treated him, with criticism and neglect. He was always trying to take care of everyone else, but rarely thought about taking care of himself. He was constantly abandoning himself emotionally, just as he had been emotionally abandoned by his parents. 
David, I said, if you chose to see yourself as your grandfather saw you rather than as your parents saw you, how would you feel about yourself and how would you treat yourself? I've just been thinking about that, he said. I just realized that I treat my dog better than I treat myself. I would never judge my dog the way I judge myself. So what would you do differently if you saw yourself the way your grandfather sees you? I would stop judging myself as insufficient and inadequate. I'm a really good person. I'm not at all insufficient or inadequate as a person. And I choose my friends based on who they are as people, not on their performance. So I obviously value the very qualities that I possess. What else would you do if you really valued who you are, I asked him. I would listen to my own feelings and take, and take care of my own needs instead of taking care of everyone else's feelings and needs. I wouldn't see it as selfish to take care of myself instead of taking care of everyone else. I would be at least as attentive to myself as I am to my dog. David was glowing. He was discovering who he really is, not who he thought he was. People often think that their worth, who they really are, is based on looks and performance, yet these qualities are transitory. What's real and eternal is who you are in your heart and soul. If you practice inner bonding and learn to shift your definition of your worth from outer to inner, you'll stop trying to prove yourself. You'll know that you're already a beautiful being, totally deserving of love. But, your wounded self might say, if I don't judge myself, then I might not do what I need to do to get things done and to succeed. I might just sit on the couch and watch TV. This actually isn't who our soul essence is. When you truly value who you are, you'll find that your performance and productivity go up because they now become an expression of who you are rather than a way to define your worth and prove who you are. You'll discover that just like toddlers, your true self is anything but lazy. My client Marilyn asked me, I've noticed there are times when I define my worth in a way that seems not good. For example, I see a picture of myself and I like it. Then I'll define myself as cute or thin or something positive like that. If I don't like the picture, I'll define myself as frumpy or unattractive. So while I'm defining my worth, it seems dependent on how a picture comes out. The picture is just an example. I might do the same thing with how I feel after interacting with someone. If it's lively, I'll see myself as social or interesting. If the interaction doesn't go well, I might see myself as boring or awkward. So while I'm defining my own worth, it still seems not quite right. Any suggestions for me? The problem is that Marilyn, like David, is defining her worth externally by her looks and her performance, rather than intrinsically by her enduring soul qualities. 
Most of us learned as we were growing up to define our worth by our looks, performance, and achievements, and this creates many problems. What happens when you get older and lose some of your looks? What happens if you stop being as productive at work or you retire? Does this mean that you now have less worth? This is the problem with attaching your worth to looks, achievements, or performance. My client, Mark, asked, I'm often plagued by feelings of jealousy and a lack of self-worth when I see others do well in their careers who have prestigious qualifications from Ivy League universities to which I was unsuccessful for acceptance. I sometimes feel I have missed out on life's opportunities and that no matter how hard I try, I will never be as good as others. When I do not succeed against others, I feel this is my fault, and it reflects that I am just not good enough. I feel so inadequate when I must compete against others for places, opportunities, and rewards in life. Would you please help me to understand where I'm in error and how to see the truth? This is another example of the problems that occur when you define your self-worth externally by performance and achievements, rather than internally by your intrinsic soul qualities. Mark will continue to feel a lack of self-worth as long as he defines his worth externally. I've worked with many very successful clients who think that they're a fraud, and they think this because they're thinking this from their wounded self. They think they are their wounded self. And their wounded self thinks that they're a fraud. It's vitally important to understand the vast difference between our wounded self and our true soul self. We created our wounded self. God created our soul self. While your wounded self might think that you're a fraud, there's no way that your true self, your divine self, is a fraud. How could that be true? Who you truly are was created in the image of God, which is love. Now, the wounded self is always a fraud because we created it. But our soul self is our true essence, our inner child, the part of our soul that lives within our body, while our wounded self is a fabrication that we created to try and feel safe as a child. The energy of our soul is huge, way too big to fit inside our body. The part of our soul that's inside is what we call an inner bonding, our inner child, our feeling self that is communicating with us all the time through our feelings. The rest of our soul is all around us, our higher self. This part of our soul communicates with us through words, images, dreams, many different ways. When we want to know the loving action toward ourselves, we open to our higher soul, which is the doorway to truth and love, compassion and wisdom. Through opening to learning about loving ourselves and keeping the frequency of our body high enough with clean organic food, we're able to access the love and compassion 
we need to do the six steps of inner bonding, as well as to nurture ourselves when we're in pain, and to take the loving actions we need to take to relieve pain and bring joy. You're going to find it so much easier to be motivated to learn to take loving care of yourself when you know how beautiful you are, how incredibly magnificent your soul is. Think for a moment about how you pick your friends. Are you more drawn to a thin, successful person who's arrogant and insensitive or to a kind and caring person who might not be skinny or rich? When I ask this question, I almost always hear that people choose kind and caring friends. A person who says that they would pick the successful, arrogant person is usually someone whose wounded self defines them by who they're seen with. When a baby's born, do you value the baby because the baby is skinny and rich? Or do you value the baby just because he or she exists? Anyone who has spent time with infants, knows that babies are little bundles of love, little bundles of goodness and joy, which is why parents are so enamored with them. They haven't yet learned to cover up their soul self with the protections of their ego, wounded self. What would happen if you define yourself as a unique expression of the love and goodness that is the divine if you really knew that this is who you are, would you doubt your value? Is there anything more valuable than love? Obviously, the wounded self believes that looks, performance, achievements, and money are more valuable. But it's important to understand that the wounded self doesn't know anything regarding truth and has been deeply programmed to believe that is that it is who you are. I suggest you experiment with defining yourself as love and goodness and joy and creativity and passion and aliveness and compassion and see what happens. Those of you who have pets know that your pets know the truth of who you are. Many of us know how unconditionally loving most dogs naturally are, unless they've been abused. Even if you don't have a dog, you've likely seen the joy they express when their person comes home after being gone for even a few minutes. If you are a loving pet owner, and you have a dog or a cat or a horse or another pet who loves you, what would your pet say about you if he or she could talk? Take a moment to imagine what your pet would say. Would he or she say, you're the best, all loving, all wise. You love unconditionally. I adore you. You are omnipotent. You are God to me. Your presence makes me so happy. You're my wonderful person, and I will never leave you. I just love being next to you. You are warm and cuddly. You're trustworthy. You're compassionate, kind, and caring. I love it when you play with me. You're fun. Your petting and scratching and hugging feels so wonderful to me. I'm lonely when you're not here. I feel so safe with you 
and I always want to do whatever I can to keep you safe. You are so important to me that I would risk my life for you. And many dogs and even horses would. You might want to think about what else your pet would say about you if you have a pet. When your pet looks at you with adoring eyes or wags its tail and wiggles with joy or snuggles next to you on the couch or bed or nuzzles you in a barn, your pet is loving you because he or she feels the love that you are, not because of how you look or how much money you make or the kind of house you have or whether or not you're married or have children or what kind of car you drive or what your job is, but because of who you intrinsically are as a unique expression of love. Do you see yourself this way? Do you see yourself as the person your pet thinks you are? Your pet has the ability to bypass your wounded self and to see who you are in your essence. Even when you lose your temper or ignore her or forget to feed him on time, she will keep on loving you because he is connected with your essence. Are you connected with your essence? Do you own the qualities your pet sees in you? Or do you define yourself by your wounded self? Think about the list of what your pet would say about you. Is there anything that's not true about you when you're connected with your essence and your guidance? Obviously, little on that list is true when you're in your wounded self. But as I said, you are not your wounded self. I hope you don't discount what your pet sees in you. I hope you don't tell yourself that your pet is just a dumb animal and doesn't know what a loser you are. That would be very sad. Most animals are highly sensitive. Do you know that dogs can smell cancer in a person? You might want to see a video on YouTube called Dogs Can Smell Cancer about a dog who likely saved his person's life by smelling breast cancer, even though her mammogram was negative. How about using what your pet thinks of you or even what an imaginary pet would think of you as a role model for how to be a loving person in the world. What if you actually owned up to and became the person your pet or your imaginary pet thinks you are? Your inner child will very much appreciate it if you use what your pet or your imaginary pet thinks you are as a role model for how to treat yourself and others. And the more you pattern your behavior after what your pet sees in you, the more natural it will feel to you. Because you are, in your essence, who your pet thinks you are. If you've been enjoying my podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review or a rating. And I hope you join me in my 30-day 
at-home course, Love Yourself, an inner bonding experience to heal anxiety, depression, shame, addictions, and relationships. And you can learn so much in my 30-day course, Unlocking Your Inner Wisdom. My recent books will also be a help to you. The Inner Bonding Workbook, Diet for a Divine Connection, and Six Steps to Total Self-Healing, the Inner Bonding Process. And, of course, I want to remind you that we have so much to offer on our website at innerbonding.com. I'm sending you my love and my blessings.